Our second scripture reading comes to us today from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1155, 1155. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May the glory of the Lord shine upon all who hear it. When I was a child, I was deathly afraid of the dark. My, my parents would put me to bed and turn off the lights, and, and I would just wait for that scary monster to come and get me. And so I would, I would hide under my blankets, afraid to peek out, because I was certain that either, either a witch or, or a vampire was right there searching for me. Even though I knew that these creatures didn't exist, I was still terrified. I was scared that they, they just might be there. Today, as an adult, I, I know better. Better. I, I understand that, that there are things far worse than, than werewolves or zombies. You see, there, there truly are evil things that go stomp in the night. And I've learned that, that the darkness is blacker than I thought. And so I desire the light. This Advent season, we have been going through the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and the, and the scripture behind each verse or antivan. And we have discovered that each one conveys a name or a title of Christ that we find in the Bible. And, and we, we've talked about how, how the original purpose of these antiphons of old were to declare a theme for the days of Advent leading up to Christmas. In our first week, we covered wisdom from on high and Lord of might, where we saw Jesus as the creator of all and the one who judges according to his perfect law. We then beheld our Savior as the, as the branch from Jesse's tree and the key of David, where we discovered that, that Christ is both God and man, and that he holds the authority determining who can enter into his kingdom and who will be left out. Today we will be looking at two more names, Dayspring and Desire of Nations. First, Dayspring. Our, our verse goes like this, O, o come thou Dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. 
Now, the antiphon from which this verse comes to us was always recited on December 21st, the, the winter solstice, which is the darkest day of the year. And so I believe that this, this verse, this antiphon, is fitting for that day. For it was in the, in the death of winter when the, when the sun was barely seen that the, the people would hear these words. Look at the antiphon of old. Oh, morning star, splendor of light eternal and sun of righteousness, come and enlighten those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. One of the great metaphors that we read in Scripture is this contrast between the darkness and the light. It is in the dark that there is chaos and evil, and it is in the light that there is goodness and security. After all, what is darkness other than the absence of light? It is a lack of clarity. You see, it is in the, in the gloom of night that the, that the danger of not being able to see is, is prevalent. And it is when there is that lack of light that it's hard to move about. People often stumble and fall, and peril is lurking in every shadow. And biblically speaking, the difference between darkness and light is the difference between death and life. It was in the fall of Adam that man lost his connection with the light, with the, with the one who can bring true life. And ever since, people have been stumbling in the darkness. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Christ is this light. He is this light that shines in the darkness. He is that morning star that brings life into a land of death. Ever since sin entered into the world, the darkness has been our companion. Death it is, a, it is a growing despair within us. The, and the shadow that death casts haunts us day by day. And there is no earthly joy that, that you experience that this darkness will not touch. As a child, you, you look to your parents to find comfort and meaning. And yet as you age, you realize that they will not always be there for you. You get married, and, and on your wedding day, there is great joy. And yet, there will come a moment when one of you will leave the other behind. Time passes, and you have children, and grandchildren, and nieces, and nephews, and you experience a whole, a whole different kind of love, a love that you haven't had before. But this, too, is fleeting, for the darkness will touch this as well. The, the effects of sin, they, they, they reach out their spindly hands and, and grab hold of all you hold dear. And deep down, you, you know this to be true. And so you search for that, that ray of light, that, that little bit of sunshine that will bring life from the death that surrounds you. 
innate within every man is this natural impulse to, to banish the darkness. This is why you own candles and flashlights. For when the power goes out, you don't want to be left in the dark. This is your protest. You say to the blackness of night, no more. However, your protest is in vain. For no matter what you do, you cannot turn back death. Still, there is another aspect to this shadow of death. And for very soon, you will, you will find that the more that you are in the dark, the more your eyes adjust and the more you become comfortable and numb to the blackness that is all around you. This is why Jesus said these words in John 3, verse, verses 19 through 21. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that, that what he has done has been done through God. Even though there is life in this light, men fear it. For they know that in Christ their, their sins, those very things that bring about death, will be exposed. You see, light is threatening to anyone who is not willing to relinquish the thrones on which they sit. Every sin that you love tells you to fear the light. Thus, you may eventually find yourself in a position where the light is not welcoming. Rather, it is an intrusion. Dear friends, what is it that you are hiding? What are you afraid will be exposed? What are you not willing to let go of? Truth be told, each and every one of us have secrets in the dark. Things that cause us shame and sins that, that we cannot let go of. And so we avoid this light. But this day spring, this morning star, he chases after you. Jesus, your, your Savior, has plumbed the depths of the darkness he took your evil deeds into himself in order to bring you into the light. He has unlocked the, the, the door to the dungeon, which, which is your sin, and has brought you out into the radiant glory, which is himself. And he offers to you his light, which is life. This glimmer of hope that you desperately seek, which is, which is true life, can only be found in Christ. If you want a solution to the death that surrounds you, you have to look to Jesus. For he is your true desire and the desire of all who truly seek this light. Which leads us to our next verse in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Jesus is the desire 
of nations. O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrels cease. Fill all the world with heaven's peace. The original ants found went as follows. O king of nations, and their desire, the cornerstone making both one, come and save the human race, which you fashioned from clay. What is it that the nations desire today? Is it peace? Is it war? Is it a wall of separation? Is it an open border? Is it economic growth? How about a trade agreement that will create jobs at home? Is it justice for the least among us? Is it handouts for the entitled? What is it that the, that the nations desire today? Haggai 2, verses 6 through 9 say this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the desired of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. When the Jews came out of exile and rebuilt the temple, the, the finished product seemed to be inferior to the, to the temple that Solomon had built. And to that older generation who had seen the original, there was disappointment. But God takes a different view of things. For it is not the beauty of the, the building which makes it great. Rather, it is he who dwells within. God claimed that the desired of the nations would come and fill his house with glory. The question is, what is he referring to when he says the desired of all the nations? Verses 8 and 9 tell us the answer. Silver and gold and peace. What all nations want is prosperity and an end to their strife. What the Lord is saying is that, is that he would shake the nations and that their, their treasures would flow to him. The longing of our hearts has always been for peace and security. And in our, in our efforts to, to gain such things, we have put our trust in the riches of this world. This is why the economy is usually the issue that determines the outcomes of our elections. What you, what you have to understand is that, that people of every generation have put their trust in both silver and gold. They think that these things are what will give them the harmony that they are looking for. And in their attempt to find peace, they looked away from the one who could grant them such security. And instead, they have created idols, believing that the blessings will flow through them. 
But all these idols ever really do is create war. Martin Luther once said this about peace. The world's idea of peace is to get you out of trouble. God's idea of peace is to get trouble out of you. Since the fall, since that darkness has ent had entered our world, man ha has been trying to fill a vacuum in his life. Many try to find peace through worldly means, but the world cannot give you the security that you desire. For true peace, it doesn't start with man loving man. No. True peace always begins with God loving man. This is why we see religious fanaticism. For many people already know that the, that the wealth of this world cannot save them. And yet, they are still missing that connection to the light. And so they will do whatever it takes to find communion with God. One man will get on his knees five times a day, praying and hoping to discover a peace from above. Another will, will fast and go, go on pilgrimages to holy sites and search for this light. A third will, will cut himself in order to feel some sort of connection. A fourth man sits in the lotus position, chanting mantras, looking for a light within in order to fill that void. And yet... This day spring, this morning star that, that takes away the darkness cannot be found through the efforts of men. This desire of nations will not be discovered by the attempts of the devout. No, he must come to you first. The only way that the darkness can be pierced is through this light that has entered our world. And the only way that you can find the peace that you are looking for is if this child, this God who took upon human flesh, seeks you out. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and, and thick darkness is over the people's. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. There will come a time when the kingdom of God and the kingdom of men will unite. And this will take place in spite of our efforts. For only one can bring the peace between the two, one who is both fully God and fully man. Brothers, sisters, do you see it? The, the reason you can't save yourself and, and bring about your own peace is because you have chosen the darkness. Even with your best attempts, you come up woefully short. This is why Christ had to enter the picture. He is that beacon that, that lights up the room, exposing the blackness within. 
He is that treasure that deep down you long for, yet you are unable to grasp. For the only way that you can obtain such wealth is if that treasure, that light of life, that Son of God first grabs onto you. It was out of mercy that Jesus took the form of a man. And it was out of his love for you that he traded the gold of his throne for the wood of a manger. And it is because he went to the cross where he died for, for your darkness, for, for your sins, that he bids envy, strife, and quarrels to cease. And he fills all the world with heaven's peace. I no longer hide under my blankets at night. And it's not because I think that the evil has gone away. No. It's because a light has entered into my world, dispelling the darkness and bringing what I truly, truly desire, his peace. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful for your son, who is our day spring and our morning star, the one who, who takes away our, our blackest sins and brings us into his light, which is true life. He is our true desire as well, worth more than gold or silver. As Christmas approaches, we ask that, that you guide our, our hearts to him. Help us to set aside the darkness and fill us with your spirit leading us into all truth and leading us into your peace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.